Let's get some coffee. This is the Overland Voice. I have a couple of scriptures that I want to dive into this morning. Three in particular. Two of them are found in the book of Hebrews, and one of them is found in the book of Romans. And the first one that I want to want to read on is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36. And that scripture reads, For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. And I love right here, if we can just stick here for a couple of seconds, this word is saying you need it. It's not something that you should ha- should maybe have or could have. It will assist you in this life, perhaps. The word here is need. You have a literal need for it. Just like you have a need for oxygen and you have a need for your heart to beat and you have a need for water and food, you need endurance in your life. And I had never really thought about it that way. I guess it m- makes absolute sense. Now that I read that I need it and the Bible, which is always true, absolutely 100% all the time is telling me that I need it. Uh, I, I think, man, I guess if I didn't need it, then I would be giving up on a lot of things and I wouldn't perhaps be where I am today if I had not endured some things. And we have all endured some things. Everybody who is on our team has endured something. Uh, if you went through the MPD process, you endured something that was not an easy process for anybody. Some of us have endured great loss and some of us have endured, you know, sickness and disease. And some of us have endured just, you know, just a variety of trials and challenges that is a natural progression of life. And you really can't get away with going through life without having endured some form of hardship and the reality is that you will, you are more than likely to endure hardship in the future. If it's something that you have endured in the past and maybe you're going through a trial right now and that's why you're listening to this podcast, or maybe you're just listening to it out of curiosity. I don't know. Um, at some point in your life, you're going to go through something. And so you have to have endurance. Otherwise you're going to give up and you're not going to be able to walk into the fullness of everything that the Lord has in store for you because the you know, we keep saying the reality is I'm sure that's going to get old. Um, we have an adversary, the, the devil who is like a lion. He's not a lion. He's like a lion roaring about seeking whom he may devour. And so as you follow the will of the Lord and you're obedient, you're going to have um, opposition in your life as a believer, one who's committed to the kingdom, one who's on the front lines seeking to um, get the gospel out to the lost and the neglected and the people that are overlooked and the devil isn't happy about that. And so you're going to have some challenges. Also, I want to talk about Hebrews 12, 2 reads, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Ephesians 5 verse 1 says to be imitators of God and we have to have Jesus as our model and if he modeled endurance then that's something that we have to go after as well. Jesus is perfect theology. We have to know all about him. We have to know what he did. We have to know who he is. We have to know his thoughts and his thoughts are written out 
in the word of God for us to read every day. It's our daily bread that we have to consume and it nourishes us and it gives us the entire picture of who Jesus is, who, you know, who he he, um, what he did on this earth. We gotta, we gotta read that and we gotta model it. We have to have that model. And so if Jesus endured, I have to endure. It's a part of my new creation. I am just like him. You are just like him. We have to follow this model. So those are our, or that's our bottom line, or those are our bottom lines. I don't know. However you want to say it, that we have need of endurance and Jesus endured. And so we have to endure it. And from there, I want to jump over to Romans five, three. And this is the scripture that I'm really going to focus a lot of our time and attention on. And here is what it reads. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance, character and character hope. And so we see that tribulation. So these are hardships. These are challenges, the trials of life that we've all endured to one degree or another out of this stems or there's a fruit from this. I guess, depending on how you approach this trial, if you approach it with the Lord has equipped me to go through this life, he's given me everything, all the tools that I need are in my hands, figuratively speaking, to be able to do everything that the Lord has required of me. And the, the fruit that comes out of this, when we go through tribulation is perseverance, character and hope. And this word perseverance is, well, it's the word perseverance in the new King James and the King James it's patience. But if we dive into our concordance, we see that this word means cheerful endurance, constancy, enduring patience, patient, continuous waiting. So this word perseverance literally means to endure. Uh, even go to the word endurance in James 5.11, we read this, to stay under, behind, remain, figuratively to undergo, to bear trials, have fortitude, have fortitude, persevere, abide, endure, take patiently, suffer, tarry behind. And that word fortitude is a bit of an archaic word for a lot of us. It's just not something that's used in our everyday English vocabulary, but it means to have mental and emotional strength in facing difficulty or adversity, danger, or temptation uh, courageously. I would really love to just highlight this, that to stay under behind. Sometimes when we're in these trials and we're facing resistance, as we're moving forward in this uh, walk that the Lord has us on, we feel like if you can just imagine yourself walking on this path that the Lord has laid out before you, and then there is this trial and there's this tribulation. And really often it is opposition. I'm not saying always, but I think oftentimes it is opposition from the enemy. If he is pushing back at you, it is a little bit harder to gain ground quickly. You know, you have to endure that and you have to grow these spiritual muscles or so if I can put it that way, and you have to push forward and you have to keep going. And so you don't always gain the ground that you want to gain out of time that you want to gain it. And you can feel like you are behind. I have often felt that when I have endured hard times that like I have compared myself to maybe other people. And oftentimes it's not people that are going through hard times. They're maybe in a, a season of life or a time of life where things are a little more easy or maybe they're not easy. Maybe people, those people that I'm looking to have just cultivated more endurance in their lives than I have. They appear to be further ahead than I am. And I'm like, oh gosh, I've been left behind. I'm not anywhere near 
to where they are and I want to be there. You know, you have to face the fact that you're going through a trial and in this time you might feel like you're left behind, but that's completely normal. Not that you're left behind by the Lord or left behind is a bad way of putting it. Maybe lagging, you're not moving as quickly as you would like to. And that's the reality of war. It just takes time and it takes longer. And you'll never know the victory unless you push through with endurance to the very end. And then you'll get your victory. And as we talk about this, I just want to, I want to say that I love this quote by a man named David Goggins. He is a ex-Navy SEAL and he is pretty popular. Some of you may or may not have heard the name before, but he talks about the 40% rule. And this is just something that I stumbled across a couple years ago. I'm sure it just popped up when I was probably, I don't know, browsing something on the internet. The 40% rule is that when your mind is telling you you're done, you're really only 40% done, which means you have 60% of your capacity left in you. That is why marathon runners can continue to the very end. Oftentimes, I think it's at about the 16th or maybe the 18th mile. People who are running a marathon feel like they are done. And if they tell themselves, actually, I'm not done and I need to keep going, I need to finish this race, they do finish a vast majority of the time. So, when you are going through a hard time, a trial, and you are telling yourself in your mind or your mind is telling you, you're done. You have to respond in the opposite way of what your mind is telling you and say, no, I'm not done. I actually have so much left in me because the Lord has equipped you to to finish this race. It's just something that I refer back to when I'm having a hard time, whether that be physically or, you know, in my mind, I'm having a hard time, you know, the battle. Nope, I'm not done. I still have 60% of my capacity left. Let me jump back over to Romans chapter five, verse three, and talk about how tribulation cultivates endurance or perseverance, and then perseverance produces character. And character is so important. It's so important. You all know that we have included it as a major topic in AMT. We use Dr. Leon's Christian Character book. If you went through AMT, which I'm sure you did, and you read Dr. Leon's book, Christian Character, you you read a lot on character. Character is only developed through perseverance, and perseverance or endurance only comes through trials and tribulations. And I love this because this gives me the reason for why I am to rejoice in my trials. As the book of James says, I think it's in chapter one that we have to rejoice in our trials. And I never really understood that. I was like, okay, I'll rejoice in my trials because it's the right thing to do. The Bible says to do it. But I never had the reason really settled within me for why I would do that. And now here it is. It's because out of this trial, I'm going to gain endurance and I'm going to gain character. And that character is ultimately going to produce hope. So how valuable is character? What is character and how is character developed or cultivated? Well, we've already answered that character is developed or cultivated through trials and challenges. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 22, verse one, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. So if you were standing before somebody that was giving you two options, option A is a good name or, you know, good character. And option two is great riches. It could be hundreds of millions of dollars. It could be a billion dollars. It could be a lifetime of your financial needs met or option A, which is a good name. I would hope that we as believers would gravitate to a good name, but I mean, surely people 
we could see the temptation here of, wow, what I could do with that money. I could do all these great things with this money, but you can't do all, all these great things with that money if you don't have character. And so we have to choose character. And so the, the, the Lord shows us how important it is. Ecclesiastes 7, 1 says, a good name is better than precious ointment. And this leads me to the talk that we have in AMT in every AMT on anointing and character, always go directly to the fact that your character will sustain you and your anointing. And Kieran and I had a conversation earlier that, um, when we were talking about anointing versus character, and here's what Kieran said. He said, when the wow factor of your anointing wears off, people will look at your character. And that is true, true, true. When after you're off the the platform giving this great message and you walk down and you walk through the the dinner line at Rapid 14, if you don't have good character, people are going to be so put off by that and not want to receive from you. So your character is going to sustain you and your anointing. And A.W. Tozer says this, character is the excellence of moral beings. And whoever quoted that, I just found this, said, as the excellence of gold is its purity and the excellence of art is its beauty. So the excellence of man is his character. And so that is, that is what character is. It's the excellence. It's an excellence inside of us and it's cultivated through, through endurance. And you might be sitting there listening to this thinking, yeah, but it's hard. Of course it's hard. Life is not always easy. And that's just the plain, simple truth that life is not always easy. And that's okay. You know, we, we want life to be easy. We want everything to be smooth sailing and to go our way all the time. But life isn't going to go our way all the time. And we have to acknowledge that. To acknowledge anything other than that would be living in denial, which is not healthy at all. You know, we want this endurance to be built quickly in us and this character and this hope to come quickly, but we're not in a microwave society. But the kingdom is not a microwave society. We are in the kingdom where instant gratification is not necessarily a thing. I don't actually see any good fruit out of instant gratification. You know, when I look at my, my kids and after they have spent, you know, a ridiculous amount of time on screens, maybe it's on their Nintendo switch or watching TV or on their phones, playing games or whatever. I notice that their attitudes get really ugly when they don't get something that they want immediately. Once they're off their screens and they're talking to me and we're in a shop and they want something and they crave this and they want that. If they don't get it, they just have bad attitudes and they get in trouble and there's consequences for it. They get things taken away. They get grounded. They get, you know, extra whatever chores. So we have to be patient in this formula of how this character is being built into our lives through endurance that it's not something that we can have through instant gratification. And you don't want that. You don't want to have the attitude, you know, that people have when they want something right now. It's entitlement and it's just, you know, it's gross and it's ugly. So my encouragement to you is just to be patient. And as you're going through these trials, I want to just quickly touch on what a, a prisoner of war said. He was in the Vietnam War. He goes by the last name Stockdale. I don't know if he's alive or not to this day, but he said, I never lost faith in the end of the story that I would prevail in the end and turn the experience into the defining event of my life, which in retrospect, I would not trade. A lot of uh, POWs talk about how they needed to see the end and they needed to have a good visualization of the end, actually, that they would come out of this prisoner of war situation and be liberated. I had a pastor once tell me 
that when I was talking to him about this trial that I've walked through in my health for so long, and I, I must have been saying something in the lo- along the lines of, you know, when is this going to end? Like, I, I don't want to be walking through this anymore. This is a lot and it's been going on for a long time. And he said, you know, POWs more often than not made it when they didn't put a timestamp on their liberation. They knew they would be liberated. They knew they would make it to the end. But if they put a timestamp on it, they would quickly lose heart and lose hope, that lack of hope. Yesterday, I said tomorrow would be the day that I would be liberated. Tomorrow would be the day when this would all end, that this nightmare would end, and then the nightmare wouldn't end. makes the heart sick. They would feel sick from it, and then their spirit couldn't sustain them in that in that situation. And it's, you know, it was a horrendous situation. I don't know if any of you have ever read any stories on POWs, but they are fascinating. They're amazing, and they are really challenging because you know, none of us have ever faced something like that. And it's just a really crazy situation. So it's hard, but you can't put a timestamp on it. You have to let it play out. You have to go to the end, knowing that all these wonderful things are being built inside of you that are going to benefit you hugely in this life on this side of eternity. And let me tell you, the Lord is with you. Uh, the, the word says that he fights for you and that you have to hold your peace. You have to keep your peace, which is not peace that the world gives, right? It's a peace that the Lord gives you. Exodus 14, 14 says the Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. That peace is different. It's not always a peace that is felt in our five senses. That, that peace I have only, you know, quote unquote felt, if I could even put it in that, that context when I have quieted myself before the Lord and I have just fixated my mind upon him and on who he is and my relationship with him. And there has been this anchor of peace that I have almost felt within my spirit. But again, it's not something that I feel with my five senses. It's something that is in my spirit man. And so you have to hold on to that. You have to hold that in. You know that it is inside of you. It is instilled in you. You might not feel peaceful on the outside, especially if you're looking at your circumstances, but it's there because of who you are in Christ and with him. You're abiding in him. And Psalm 27 verse one says, he is your strength. Psalm 1834 says he teaches your hands to make war. In fact, the entire chapter of Psalms just talks about how the Lord has equipped you for the battle and to give you victory over the battle. And the reality is you are more than a conqueror. So you imagine yourself as a conqueror and then you're more than that. That is who you are. So you, you have what it takes to endure the trial, to endure the hard time and to get through it and to come through it on the other side. And I really wanted this word. I wanted it to be short and sweet. I wanted it to be encouraging to you today. I hope that it ultimately builds faith and hope in you and that you really, um, fasten yourself to that anchor of peace that is so embedded in your spirit and that you realize you have the capacity to go through all of this, that the Lord has equipped you. When you feel like you're done, you're only 40% done. Don't worry. Maybe in the kingdom, you're even less than 40% done. Your capacity is bigger than you could ever imagine because the Lord is on your side and he is fighting for you. And I just pray that you feel enveloped in the the tangible presence of God today and that you feel his peace and his love all over you. And yeah, it's a great day to be alive, people. Don't forget that. Thanks for listening. Join us again right here for Coffee and the Overland Voice.